Welcome, dreamers of all ages, to another episode of Unbuilt, an unrealized theme park podcast. With me today, as always, is my co-host, Ryan Dorman. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing yeah. great. I'm feeling good. I feel, this is my, it's my victory lap, Ryan. Oh, and uh, why would that be? Because I have, uh, it is true. Nobody knows what DuckTales is or cares. So, uh, I, I think you're referring to the fact that yesterday, Disney just announced that they're bringing back Phineas and Ferb for two more seasons uh, on, I believe it's Disney+. Plus, and mm-hmm. there's going to be 40 new episodes of that show streaming sometime in the future. Not now, but in That's the future. Right. Now, how how is this victorious? Because... It, if I remember correctly, DuckTales ended a, uh, a very successful 75 episode run of its show back in 2021. And of course, it had a 100 episode original series in 1987 that concluded with a movie in 1990. Because they're going to bring back the Agent P World Showcase Adventure. <laughs> Is there proof that they're bringing back Agent P? No, I don't think there's any proof yet. But it's going to come back. I know it's going to come back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Sure. Uh, sure. Whatever. Whatever you say. Whatever makes you happy. Uh, in the, you know whatever twisted form you have to use to. Uh, it's because everyone on Twitter is already yeah. saying that it's going to come back. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're like, well, "Why did you take it out just to bring Phineas and Fur back?" And it's like maybe the thing needed a refresh. Maybe it's something that has been there for years isn't going to be that great i mean Mm. is it is it that big of a deal is it that big of a deal the kids yes they have to bring it back they're going to bring back phineas and ferb and they're going to bring back the phineas and ferb world showcase adventure and they're going to bring back the journey to imagination which is what everyone on twitter says too right because right now the festival of the arts is going on did you see the spaceship earth show I didn't see it. I heard about it. It's a uh, bunch of, uh, it's got like some audio from the original ride. Oh, right? no, no, no. It's not just some audio. The entire show is like, it's a four minute show that's nothing but audio from the original ride. That, wow. Look at that. Disney yeah. has uh, narrowly avoided having to actually redo the ride. Congratulations. <laughs> and in the Odyssey building, they brought back the pin tables. That I did see. People were going absolutely ballistic on the pin table, which I uh, think I had at Toys R Us like 10 ah. years ago. <laughs> I remember these little pin having, toys. Yeah, I had one of those uh, where you would just like it. But these were the size of your palm instead of like a giant table. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and... Uh, they also uh, apparently were uh, staffed doing surveys there, and some of the team that worked on it said that they wanted to bring back the Rainbow Tunnel, but the Odyssey Corridor just wasn't big enough. Then they just have to bring it back in the other building. I just, it, it astounds me. I'm sorry, but how is this not just Instagram kibbles? Like, just. Oh, it is. Just, just. Just throw your uh, uh, rainbow tunnel open and just watch people flock. I was going to say that all of Epcot now is Instagram kibbles. But that's <laughs> all it is. Uh, for the food. Yeah, well, that's you right. have the food. You have the figment stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. What else? And is no it? new rides. And new rides, yes. No, no, no new rides. There's none. Now you just, you don't need new rides. You're it's gonna, genius. You're going to have wish I... no barges. So that's nope. going to make it more Instagram friendly. On the lagoon. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. And everything new that comes to the park is stuff you take pictures of. Of course. Stuff. 
Yeah, they have some intern edit an MP3 of Journey into Imagination <laughs> into a show. Into a show, and that's yeah. it. That's that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna close it down and go. This is your journey into imagination. This is that's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Phineas and Ferb goes in this building now. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's a bit of unbuilt concept art for what looks like Phineas and Ferb taking over the Imagination Pavilion. And it always made for sense, a long right? time, for a long time, everybody thought that was an attraction. And then somebody got, no, that was actually a proposal for the World Showcase Adventure to have a little hub located in the Imagination Pavilion. It's like, oh, oh that's stupid. But thank you. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, the attraction would have been stupid, too. So, OK. Phineas <laughs> and Ferb attraction <laughs> lasts like a week. They should have been DuckTales. Everyone knows DuckTales. Exactly. I do. <laughs> can, can, okay. Like, um, yeah, there's only 104 days of summer vacation, but there That's are right. DuckTales for life. You know, no limit on those DuckTales. So I, I, I think there's yeah. a good limit on the DuckTales it's, mm-hmm. as long as people can stomach it. Like yeah. 71 episodes, you said, or so. Mm-hmm. So really quickly, um, before we move on to our main topic, I did want to touch upon the news that Universal broke. And this is actually going to fit perfectly within our topic today because Universal is doing something that Disney long wanted to do. And that was break into the regional market. They announced uh, just last week that they are building a small 97-acre theme park in Frisco, Texas, which is a Dallas suburb. And did you see the concept art for this? I did. Yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. I saw some people breaking down like what properties are probably going to be in the areas. Yeah. Um, And so this is kind of like Universal's answer to Legoland because it is a – a kids theme park it's focused towards families and children and it doesn't have like any high thrill rides or big you know intense rides it's all family fair so there's like a a circular logo on the entrance it kind of looks like the dreamworks logo so everybody's speculating this is a dreamworks theme park Mm. and do you think that doing a universal but it's it's hyper specific to a theme it's small and it caters to a certain type of uh demographic you think that's a smart idea or should they have gone bigger no i i think that uh hyper specific to a single theme well first off we can kind of play we're in the money because this is yeah. going to be a great show one day right um, <laughs> yeah uh, all these announcements you, well, you, you the, don't think you Vegas don't think this Okay. You don't think that this is actually going to be built? Well, I think maybe it's an interesting idea. It's so radical, I guess, in the space right now that I have a little bit of like hesitancy to it. Um, That being said, like if you're going to do a regional theme park, right, Mm -hmm. uh, you probably want to pick like one specific easy to market thing Mm -hmm. and expand on it. Like DreamWorks is just a good idea for this, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because like if you put some of the more not to say like they're niche very few universal properties are niche but if you put the more adult focused ones for example uh you might lose out on the regional market you know sesame place is so successful right because it's Mm -hmm. it's a sesame street and uh six flags is so successful on its properties because it's superman you know it's dc Mm -hmm. when they when they use properties so i don't think that 
I don't think that's what makes Six Flags successful. It's cheap, right? It's um, it's just roller coasters. Yeah, I, I th- I'm curious to know like what the plan is. You look at the building and you wonder, is that a hotel at the front there? Maybe? Yeah, that's a hotel. It's a 300 room hotel. Okay. And yeah. yeah. It's a it's it's not a bad idea, mm-hmm. I suppose. I think that I wonder if you can um saturate the market at some point. Like the more mm-hmm. regional places you open, especially on a scale like this. You know, it isn't right. Disney Quest. It's not one building. It's basically to families, to normal families, mm-hmm. a theme park. Right. right. Um, you know, so I, I wonder if you saturate the market, you push people away from making the big travel to the coasts. But yeah, this is a Texas, right? I think was the Dallas, Dallas Texas suburb. That's right. Yeah. Dallas, Texas suburb. Mm-hmm. Wow. Hey, so they just open it like interesting. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm 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 excited to know what they're gonna put in there. You know, they're mm-hmm. kind of doing like the epic universe marketing thing where they're leaving people up to yeah, they're <laughs> staring just, at the concept art. Yeah, there's one giant piece of concept art, and it's like this has worked for us before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and then people can speculate. You know. Yeah, and the other announcement, which I'm very excited for. I don't know why, but I am. Uh, you might be able to guess because they are putting in a permanent. Halloween Horror Nights, I don't want to say exhibit, like an attraction at Area 15 right here in Las Vegas. It's going to be uh, uh, 110,000 square feet. Approximately 2.5 acres is this um, plot of land. And it's going to be like this giant warehouse. And it's going to post a variety of attractions and a eatery and bar uh, that would change with the day to night and have many seasonal events. Do you think that this is a good idea for the Vegas market? Absolutely. It's genius, I think. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think it's genius. I think there's very few places in America where you could put this and have it because it's adult focused, right? Right. Like, I do think the big draw of Halloween Horror Nights, specifically just like viewing it from a distance on Twitter, is adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, especially if you can, I, I don't know the structure of this, whether it's going to be a bunch of exhibits or maybe like kind of like an open space with I food think it's and gonna be drinks and probably, then exhibits. Probably two to three haunts yeah. or houses that change in and out, a highly themed eatery and bar yeah. and a gift shop. I think no, I think like, yeah, those are the, the definite things that would be. This would probably be off the strip. Yeah. Like kind of like where Meow Wolf is situated. It, it is actually, I uh, actually went to the site oh, okay. and it is right next to area 15. Uh, it is currently a parking lot and you can walk right there. Uh, you can walk on the sidewalk and actually see the markings for this uh, expansion. Very cool. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's just a great idea. I, I really do. Um, you know, we've been talking a lot about Las Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. And the forums of entertainment there. And I think on the, you know, on the last time you and I talked, we talked a bit about how, like the way that it's kind of balancing markets nowadays. Yeah. That Los Angeles or Las Vegas is trying to find its footing. Right. Um, but this just seems like it, it's a perfect fit. I don't know of any other place where it would be more appropriate mm-hmm. in any place that isn't just Hollywood or Florida. Right. Um, you know, it just seems like a nice hotspot of adult centered things. Yeah, I you I, put it in Chicago. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that didn't work out well for the Disney company, but no, that's, that's true. That's the last thing I want to ask. Do you think? What do you think Disney's Disney's response to this is going to be? The, just they'll they'll never just a shrug. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. It's not in their business. It's not in their cards. Mm-hmm. When you blow Disney Quest so bad, 
Yeah. I think convince at this point, especially in the company, convincing shareholders that the right move is to expand regional is not. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? Well, there's that uh, that that seemingly hostile takeover <laughs> that's currently brewing um, mm-hmm. that has proposed expanding to more parks. Um, yeah. The Reedy Creek just approved the fifth gate <laughs> if they wanted to build one. Yeah, that's the to me, that's the smart. If Disney's looking to respond to this, they double mm-hmm. down in the opposite direction. You know, they because right now they're already like basically, you know, it's t- Disney's time for response is over, right? Epic mm-hmm. Universe is open. I mean, Volcano Bay opened. Epic Universe is uh, is going to open at some point, hopefully. Um, and these regional things are happening. There's so many things for them to respond to that I think they couldn't possibly just meet Universal at where they are. They would mm-hmm. need to open a new gate plus regional parks. I don't um, want them to open up a new gate. They they have problems enough in their own parks. No, exactly. Right. It's, there's yeah. no I, a fifth gate would be a nightmare. Right. Uh, and there's no real reason to do it uh, in, in, in Walt Disney World without the ability to use Marvel characters. <laughs> I, I, I don't think no, you're a, right. Yeah. I don't know why what Disney can do to respond to this, but I don't think it's very much. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of. You just keep beating your own path and right. just accepting that Universal is going to uh, – look, Universal sometimes speaks for themselves, right? You know, when Disney proposes a fifth gate or a third gate, let's say, in Disneyland, right? You saw the concept art. I, I had pretty high mm-hmm. hopes. Uh, I had pretty strong confidence that in the case that they ended up building it, it would look like the concept art, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. We're seeing Nintendo World in Hollywood, while not bad, right, has the Universal trademarks of its design in some parts. Perhaps think, Disney I doesn't think... need to do anything. I think that they'll they'll smooth out those wrinkles, and also Hollywood's yeah, Nintendo was always going to be the most difficult one. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, but people are saying like this is the area where Donkey Kong is going to extend, and I mm-hmm. I was under the impression that they were just abandoning the Donkey Kong expansion for Hollywood. Oh, it's happening! I I'm almost fully confident it's happening that they are going to end up expanding. Into... Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I've been. I mean, look. I think Universal, Universal's market. I also think is like less. It's like Apple and Android. Like Android mm-hmm. can come out with a flip phone. Android can come out like a double sided phone. Yeah. But Apple's the luxury brand. If Disney's mm-hmm. smart, they don't try to fight and play Android. You know, Apple has no reason to. True. No. To play it, Android. You're absolutely right. But with that said, why don't we segue into uh, a case many years ago where. Disney did try that. Here we are for our main topic on the Burbank Disney MGM Studios backlot. This is a start of our Hooray for Hollywood series. And, uh, you're a fan of <laughs> Disney MGM Studios, I'm sure. Old school. I, I remember I have like one memory in yeah. MGM Studios. Yeah. It was the, the high school musical. Uh, right dance show they Maybe had that one uh they had um, that at disney too disneyland disney's oh, did they? adventure yes I, I remember seeing that i remember the big hat 
which still feels like a fever dream, to be honest with you. The big hat. Yeah, like I think back and it's I, I have a hard time placing that in my memories. Like mm-hmm. I because it just makes more sense to see the Chinese theater. So I just have right. to like zoom my brain out and imagine there's a giant sorcerer's hat. I still can't believe when that when it. that thing was coming down, the people on Facebook are like, What are you doing, Disney? You're destroying an icon. I'm just like, shut up. You could buy little toys under it, right? Yeah. They had like little merchandise stands. Was it, under wasn't it. a pin shop? Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. I remember there being a bunch of like yellow shelves or something. That's where my mm-hmm. brain's going to. And I don't know. Pins were a big thing. Right. Now people don't know what to do with them. They're <laughs> just lying uh, around. Well, Michael Eisner really loved the idea of Disney MGM Studios. And he tried to put it everywhere. Like as soon as he got like the naming rights, he's like, this is a thing. Because it was cheap and they could like shop it around everywhere. He tried to sell it to Paris. He tried to sell it to Tokyo and he tried to sell it to Burbank. But Mm. why did he try to sell it to Burbank? Well, uh, just to let you know, before we continue on, uh, as Unveiled involves, we continue to experiment. Today, we're going to attempt to do a looser discussion utilizing a series of bullet points instead of myself warbling through paragraphs. So we're hoping that this adds a little bit more life to our history segments. So let's begin with the Universal uh, or MCA, because they were owned by MCA at the time, and Disney Rivalry. So Jay Stein, he's the president of the MCA Universal Studios Tour. And back then, uh, in the 80s, this was the early 80s, uh, the tour was doing very, very well, but it was it was just a tour. You would go on the mm. tour, you would see some shows, and so they were kind of like, they were expanding into shows, but mostly what you would do is you would go on the tour, and that would take about, about an hour to two hours. Crazy, funny stuff would happen, like Jaws, uh, you know, would pop out of the water, and you'd see a burning building. And uh, the fact was that this tour was doing gangbusters volume and he was looking at the florida theme park uh environment and going i could do something there because not only was there walt disney world there was also uh sea world and i believe wet and wild comes in around this time so it's starting to kind of um become more and more popular as time goes along to uh open a theme park in florida um so they understand that they can't just be them They, they need to find a partner um, so they go around and they do these pitches and these pitches um, involve a studio tour, but with a twist, the climax happens inside a Canyon. And in this Canyon, uh, there is a fuel tanker truck and the earth, uh, the earthquake starts going about and a flash flood comes in as a fire erupts out of this oil tanker. Um, that sounds pretty familiar, doesn't it? Hmm. I don't know. Mm. Uh, you're, you're you're grasping at straws, Ryan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, they allegedly presented this to Paramount Pictures, who the head of Paramount Pictures was a man by the wonderful tutelage. Uh, uh, I mean, the, the studio was under the wonderful tutelage of a Michael Eisner. Um, And Michael Eisner ditches Paramount for Disney when they recruit him and Frank Wells to take over um, to save that sinking ship in 1984. 
Did you ever um, hear what Mel Brooks had to say about uh, Michael Eisner when he was at Paramount? No. What do you have to say? See, the, the, see, this is why you had to change the uh, the uh, the order of Unbuilt. So instead of me sitting in silence, I can rudely interrupt with yes. boring anecdotes. Go but ahead. There's a classic story where um, uh, Mel Brooks is presenting The Elephant Man to uh, Paramount because Paramount mm-hmm. was producing the film. Uh, Lynch had like gotten uh, almost it was almost a fully edited cut of the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. And Mel Brooks shows the movie to Michael Eisner. Uh, this is true. Mel Brooks shows the movie to Michael Eisner, and Michael Eisner responds back with a bunch of notes, as you would expect yeah. Michael Eisner too. And a bunch of them are like, let's cut these scenes out. This scene doesn't work. The more abstract points in the beginning of the movie aren't very good. And mm-hmm. Mel Brooks responded to him. And I quote, we screen the film to bring you up to date as to the status of that venture. Do not misconstrue this as our soliciting the input of raging primitives. And they didn't cut anything out. Oh, my God. That's great. And you know what? I went to do Hotel Mel. Yeah, Yeah, well, that was the thing. That's another unbuilt thing where they go in the business with Heisner. That's right. They produce, um, I believe uh, it was... Oh, it was a sitcom that didn't go anywhere and he wanted to get, and I believe they also produced big business for them. And I, yeah. Yeah. There's this whole thing uh, with Brooks and Eisner and the, we'll get to it another day. Well, you can loop. Yeah. You loop um, Hotel Mel, right? Into, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. There you go. So, so it's on topic. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Great, great story. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Eisner does the rounds um, at WDI and he sees this, uh, pitch for a new Epcot pavilion called great moments at the movies. And we talked about this in our Epcot month just briefly, but of course this is the great movie ride. He loves the pitch and decides to turn it into a whole new theme park. Well, he gets MGM with the naming rights and it's announced with catastrophe Canyon, uh, which is remarkably similar to the MCA pitch. And uh, Sid Sheinberg, who is the president of MCA, is pissed. He's like super, super mad. Uh, so is Lou Wasserman. Uh, and this is uh, what they've, they've said coming from the Disney History Institute. Uh, Universal execs contended that Eisner, before moving to Disney, likely saw it at a Universal meeting. Uh, now, Eisner, of course denies this <laughs> uh there was a horrible sense of personal and corporate betrayal said mca president sid scheinberg uh and he said that about the similarities um so he is just really 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 mad uh so disney had hoped that mca would back down on their uh florida efforts that they had been sniffing about so pretty much this is almost a way to say oh, we're going to get in there before you can. So there's no point in doing it. Well, um, when you piss off Sid Scheinberg, that's not going to happen. In fact, they Mm. just go to Jay Stein and give him a bigger check to really, really go in on it. And they already spent $40 million on development. So MCA goes to talk to the governor of Florida to get a loan to build a bigger park. But Disney used their political muscle to kill the deal, which pisses Sid Scheinberg even more off. So at a press conference, he lambasts Florida officials. Disney's ability to decimate you by acting a predatory way is chilling, he snipped. Do you really want a little mouse to become a large, ravenous rat? (laughs) Wow. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. And they did. And they did. Until a hero came in to swipe against them, and that hero was Ron DeSantis. No, I'm not. No. 
<laughs> uh, he's an American so, hero, Ryan. You're gonna you're gonna alienate all of our audience. I know. Uh, so, uh, uh, Sid Sheinberg threatens to sue Disney over it, and they are so mad that they recruit Bob Gurr to do a King Kong attraction over at Universal Studios Hollywood. And you know about this one. It's with the giant Kong robot and it burnt yeah, down yeah, yeah. in a mysterious fire for the insurance money. I mean, a mysterious fire in 1986. <laughs> uh, well, no, that was in 2008. But this one opened in 1986. And they placed an ad for it in the Orlando Sentinel. Uh, so in hmm. the Orlando newspaper, they place an ad for it. Just as an F you to Disney. It's like, come over 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 yonder see what we got over in hollywood uh and then in december of 1986 they announced universal studios florida uh with a partnership by cineplex odeon uh which is a believe it's a long gone movie theater chain uh so and disney initially plays nice they're initially like all right we we welcome you with open arms but michael Oh, old Keen Michael Eisner, he does have a plan. So now we turn over to Burbank. Mm. And why do I even need to ask? You've never been to Burbank. Burbank? Burbank. Where is Burbank? Oh, isn't that where the Disney thing is? That is, the Burbank is where <laughs> the Disney studios are. Yes. I, I think I've been to Burbank. Okay. Hold on. I've been to, I've been to, um, uh, Universal Studios Hollywood, right? That's, That's not, not in Burbank. Burbank. That's on the other side. Right. No, 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 hold on, hold on. And I drove by the Walt Disney Studios. I've been there. All right. Okay, you've been I to mean, Burbank. I've been there is a stretch, but I've been there. <laughs> well, the Burbank, they had this, um, just overlooking the highway, they had this town center. Uh, mm. Right now, there is a giant mall there, um, as well as a, an empty Ikea. So just in case you're wondering, that is what currently lies where we're going to be talking about right now. So uh, the mayor of Burbank had issues with their upcoming mayor of town, Burbank Town Center development. Uh, so she calls Michael. They call Michael Eisner to see if Disney could do something as key retailers are kind of dropping off. Well, this happens to be just 15 minutes from Universal Studios. And about a year or so back, Disney designed a mall called Texposition Center, which we'll talk about in the future. Uh, but this mall fell apart. And you know, Eisner goes to a meeting with the mayor and he takes ideas from us over a two hour lunch. And the idea is this. There's no chain department stores, no Macy's, no Nordstrom, no Sears. There's only entertainment venues as anchors. So instead of a Nordstrom, you have a movie theater. Instead of a Macy's, you have a nightclub and such. Uh, and sometimes in case of, instead of Sears, I don't know, you have a giant theme park ride. Mm. Uh, so these are the anchors along with the smaller shopping like, you know, Radio Shack. And well, what's another mall store? Spencer's Gifts. Um, um, uh, Hot Topic. Uh, Hot Topic. Cinnabon. <laughs> that's 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 an eatery. But yes, it is in a mall. Yeah, it's a, close enough. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, but uh, the Burbank tr uh, project mutated from a theme mall to suddenly and nearly an entire theme park with four to five rides and several attractions. 
Eisner quickly contended that MCA had stepped into our turf in Florida and we're not taking that without a fight. What is he, a mob boss? I uh, I don't know. This 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 man hey, this man needed to be taken out by a by a heart attack or two. That's that's for oh. <laughs> He's still living. <laughs> so this brings us to describing the Disney MGM studio backlot in Burbank. And you can see in the show notes there's a handy dandy guide showing the uh, actual um, prospect prospectus and what was going to be in it. Um, pretty, pretty sizable and not like anything you've ever seen for a, a theme mm. mall. Uh, so what was it? Well, uh, luckily, an entire pitch session from 1987 was uploaded by Progress City Public Radio and can be found on YouTube. All you have to do is search for Disney MGM Studio Backlot Presentation. And oh, the wow. video stars Michael Eisner and show lead... Joe Rody. This entire video is hosted mostly by Joe Rody. If you want to see Rody give an entire pitch, this is your shot to do so. Uh, Rick Rothschild was also involved in development of said project, and they were given carte blanche. This thing was absolutely insane. So from from this project, we're going to uh, from this um video we're going to be showing a few um little snippets of uh, concept art they're a little blurry but it kind of gives you the general idea of what to expect so let's talk about the backlot the idea is that the burbank location is an old disney backlot now abandoned for sound stages so they used to have this disney backlot but then they moved to the uh, other Burbank campus where they just shoot in sound stages anymore. So, so there's no need for this back lot. So it's been just rusting there out in the middle of Burbank. But now the back lot has been brought back to life, infused with Disney magic as props have been brought out from the prop warehouse and harken the streets into life. It's almost kind of like night at the museum. Uh, the mall has like indoor, that. yeah, the mall has indoor and outdoor sections. Outdoor streets made to be used as actual shooting locations, which was cribbing an idea from Universal. Uh, there was a New York street, there was a Ginza Tokyo street, and they would even have streetmosphere characters populating the street. So, you know, you would be walking down New York street and you would have some cabbie being like, uh, some cabbie or some passer goer being like, Hey, I'm walking here. And you know, <laughs> hot dog vendor, hot dogs, come and get your hot dogs. And I, I don't know what, what's another like New York cliche. Uh, um, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Jewish delis, cat calling construction workers, um, dirty subways. Uh, okay. But it has to be a person. <laughs> Dirty subway people. All right, naked. <laughs> That's not naked, right. Uh, yeah, guitar player. That's yeah. yes. There you go. Mm-hmm. Joe Rody could do that. He looks yeah. like it. So the shops didn't have to be themed to the location. So you could still have like a hot topic, but the mm. sets are mirrored as facades to entice shoppers. The idea is to make the shopping enjoyable, where the shopping is the entertainment along with exploration. So the Western Street. 
uh, ha- is an old West Street, obviously, with themed shops as well. But this also includes the Roundhouse Club. Now, the Roundhouse Club, they remember, they were developing this in Pleasure Island at the same time. So this is a mix of the Comedy Warehouse and the Country Western Bar from Pleasure Island. So it's both of those, but this one, it takes place in a train roundhouse and everything is made out of old train parts. So they take this train and they essentially um, deconstruct it and the train headlight, so the the headlight of the train lights the actual stage. So that's what's lighting the stage. And they would perform both comedy routines and uh, do country western concerts. There was also a saloon ran by Miss Mona with a bar made out of old explosives from the gold rush. Uh, There was indoor retail uh, and the streets would be themed to ancient Italy, Pompeii, Angkor Wat and ancient Egypt. So these would be like really fun streets to shop in. uh, And the guests would be like love to be directed to go this this. This shop is located just under the Sphinx. So you go through the Sphinx legs and go in there. And it doesn't matter if it's a Magnet Max or if it's a Gap or if it's a KB Toys or if it's a B Dalton or if it's a Lids or if it's a Sweet Factory or if it's a Foot Locker or a Payless or um, I'm running out of uh, uh, mall <laughs> shops. Uh, 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 uh oh yeah i keep going to food you keep, you keep going keep, to uh, you keep going to Panda express and yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or it's a sun coast or a Claire's? walmart sun coast doesn't exist anymore <laughs> yeah it, i don't know i'm sure it does uh, 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 uh yeah kb toys kb toys yeah i mentioned that toys oh, okay. russ is now it's uh Williamson No. Can we like have this be like a four-hour show or... where we just only name yeah. mall restaurants and places? And I'd like that. Shop. FYI or FYE? FYE, yeah, FYE. Yeah. I mean, it was '90s, so Sam Goody, the Warner Brothers store. Oh, probably not. <laughs> probably not there. <laughs> oh, uh, the Disney store. Uh, What's at Disney Springs? Um, uh, uh, oh, sprinkles. Uh, Remember, uh, wasn't that one Uniqlo Q store? Uniqlo, yeah, that's it. Yeah, but they they closed that down. The M and M's, yeah, they did. Yeah, no, they did they, not. Yes, they did. Why? I don't know. It just didn't sell well. Uniqlo is super popular now. Once upon a toy. Oh, there, there you go. Uh, oh, Goofy's Candy Kitchen. The Rainforest Cafe. T Rex Cafe. Virgin Mega Store. The Lava Lounge at the Rainforest the Cafe. C- the cigar shop that they just closed. The Wizard of. Oh, that's not open. Uh, the Edison. <laughs> that's another food place. Damn it. I'm no good at this. It's like Concentration <laughs> 64, as I've, I've hesitated. Right. I've lost. <laughs> But needless to say, there there will be a ton of mall shops. Uh, the the, the <laughs> endangered animal shop from the nineties. Yep. Yeah. You know, racist those, stuff. Yeah, the Field of Dreams shop. That's no, real. The Field of Dream shop is a uh, a small chain in Vegas where they sell like movie posters and sports posters and stuff. Oh, like really? That. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, oh, sh- uh, it's sugar. Uh, GameStop, comic book shop. Okay. Uh, all right. So needless to say, this would be a regular mall, but with a really fun twist. Uh, 
And here's an interesting roadie comment comment. So in this, they didn't want to have anything that resembled something you would see in. Oh, I don't know. Fresno, because it's not exotic uh, to do so because Fresno isn't far away. You know, Fresno is in California and you wouldn't you wouldn't make a themed experience in California about California, would you? No, that'd be so lazy. Yeah, and right. Exactly. I, I would go there and eat McDonald's at the Meteor Express, but not anything else. <laughs> the Burger Invasion. That's what it's Burger Invasion. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there was a themed restaurant within the mall, themed to dining and a cinematic event that would change with the season, uh, a dinner theater sort of idea. Uh, and the backlot street sets could actually change with the film shoots. So, for example, you could turn potentially the NYC street into a London street if need be. I don't know how many times to do a film, you know, in these streets, but whatever. That's what they wanted to do. Uh, and so you could see a few like, you know, uh, con- blurry concept images and you could see that like dinner show where this would be a Santa Claus themed show for Christmas. Uh, and you could see some images of the uh, old Western town and even the Roundhouse oh. Club. Uh, so really, really cool things there um through the mall was the california canyon and this would run through the mall and it's a very sedate there's running rivers bridges lots of natural light uh very woodsy possibly some animatronic animals and the entrance is located there for the hollywood fantasy hotel this massive hotel that becomes a crown jewel of the project where each floor is themed to a different film genre and like Mm. for example one floor is film noir with silvery halftones and Venetian blind streaks painted into hallways. So I wonder if like everything would be like painted in black and white. <laughs> you know, that's not a bad idea. Like the, the, the kingdom hearts level where everything is a uh, black and white. Yeah. I, um, I guess would they paint the people black and white. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, what in order to stay here, you need to undergo an intense makeup process. Yeah, you need to be canceled. Yeah, <laughs> you need to learn some uh, some tips from Pleasantville, where <laughs> <laughs> where they what they paint they paint uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, who's who's placed opposite Tobey Maguire in Pleasantville? I don't know. Oh my gosh. It can't be. Is it Kirsten Dunst? It can't be Kirsten Dunst. I don't. Uh, Pleasantville, you said? Yeah. The movie Pleasantville. Pl- come on. You've seen Pleasantville. I've heard of Pleasantville. It's, uh. Well, now it's not. Oh, it's, it's Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. Okay. There you go. Yeah. That's it. Well, in, in, in Pleasantville, they, they go into the black and white sitcom yeah. world. And anytime anybody does something that's kind of like progressive, they turn color. So Reese Witherspoon has to paint like paint uh, others black and white to fit in. So it's kind of so like that's it. what they should yeah. do. That's what they should do in yeah. real life. Mm-hmm. And like one person wears like colorful clothes, and they right. can be the kid from Schindler's List. Or oh my god! Well, no, there's well, that's, this that's kid not a kid red from Schindler's more. List. Oh, that's, that's my true. first that's thought true. when I think that's about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Or uh, oh gosh, any um, other movie where that happens? Sin yeah, City, I right. think, has blood red, right? Yeah, it does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what other film genres would there be? Like, 
would they like have a floor devoted to, like sci-fi? Well, Maybe nowadays a- you'd have the great genres. You'd have Disney animation, oh, Disney Marvel, Disney Star Wars. That's what it would be. Yes, <laughs> yes. We're going already going to the what if. And, and yeah, and then you have a there. bunch of people. You know, a bunch of people saying kids don't know that anymore. They don't care about movies anymore. They're trying to preserve the one floor that is like filmed. <laughs> it's filmed. It's it's themed for some reason to the Rocketeer because Eisner yeah. thought that was going to be a big deal when this opened up. And like, you can't take down the Rocketeer floor. I swear to God. I'm like, sorry, man. It's going to become the Incredibles floor. The Incredicoaster floor. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. There you go. It'll be like the contemporary, like all the right. nice hotels. <laughs> I think, uh, uh, yeah, this is such a, I mean, obviously, yeah, we'll get to it on the what if. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so at the top is a huge dome topper, which was the Celestial Diner. So it's a very romantic restaurant with a 360 view of the San Fernando Valley, but with the planetarium ceiling providing guests a view of a star field. So instead of a glass ceiling showing the natural smoggy sky, you get a constant view of the stars. Very, very nice idea. Uh, And uh, you could see some concept art of the canyon and as well as the hotel in there. Uh, Club Heaven uh, was a nighttime uh, nightclub district. Uh, and you have to enter from the outskirts so that club goers don't run the shoppers. So they have a separate entrance. Uh, there was a Calypso Club, a Videopolis Club, uh, for a direct from Disneyland for uh, teens under 18. And this is my favorite club, a special club where guests get to operate audio animatronics. That's awesome. Right? You yes. could see you could see some concept art of the animatronics and people like uh, performing with them. Uh, I and, like that. and that's just yeah. such a weird idea. Would they be like making them dance or stuff like that? It kind of reminds me of at the Walt Disney Family Museum. You have the, uh, the Tiki Room bird you can control. I like that. Yeah, yeah I like that. That's neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great, great. Kind of scary though, admittedly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the studio. Uh, The studio had actual production facilities for the animation. So the animation would have a wing here. Uh, The animation department would have an open campus. So the public could actually intermingle with the animators coming and going. Weird idea. Uh, Just imagine like going, I need to get something from Hot Topic. And (laughs) then you run into Mark Hen. Just an odd, odd thing. It's uh, interesting, you know. That's something you don't think about with like, like Disney Springs is like more of a theme park than a, uh, than like a shopping mall. I'd say it's like really themed, but you don't think about what would happen if they pushed it to the very end. Right, you were just going to the local mall, and it was a Disney. It was like a full, full on theme park with actors and and so on and so forth. Right. Yeah, this this might be a little broader than they were intending. Mm. Uh, the art of anime Disney animation tour was directly lifted from M- Disney MGM, where you would go in and see under the, you know, through the fish bowls and such. Uh, there was also going to be a Disney archival museum filled with pieces from the archives. And I'm just going to say here, just replace the NBA experience with this. What are you doing? This with is the perfect this? idea. Yeah. The Disney archival museum. Oh, I thought you meant the whole mall. Not the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, Disney well, Archival Museum. Well, th- yes, and then you put a bar in there that, like, they yeah. sell $30 drinks based on Disney animation. Right. Yeah, you could do that, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, the NBA. Are, are there plans to do anything with that building? Like no. recent, uh, anytime soon? No. No. See, there Not you go. Not even rumors. Yeah, that's genius. This is a good idea. Uh, there's, <laughs> there would be like animation cells and props and possibly even old theme park stuff. This is like a can't miss idea. <laughs> I just yeah. don't understand it. Yeah. Uh, they would have the great movie ride then called ah, great there movies. we go. Yeah. Great moments at the movies was included in all of its glory. You even have Joe Rody talk about how like on the tour, like on this ride, you know, people would, the cast member would get shot and someone would take over your vehicle and, you know, he was just perfectly describing the great movie ride and, you know, two years before it would open and it would all be here just for you. Uh, Superstar television was also offered. Uh, this was an interesting one. It was going to be an Atlas simulator ride, but not Star Tours, because remember, Star Tours is just down the road in Anaheim. But this was going to be an educational simulator about how special effects are done. I have no idea how, and Joe Rody really doesn't explain very well. He just says, but this would be something where we would just show how special effects are done. I'm mm, like, I like that. Yeah. Would you like it? I'm like imagining you get like shrunk to the size of a miniature <laughs> <laughs> and you're going through a model set or something like that. Yeah, I and guess it's stop, interesting that it would be a fast sim- simulator. Yeah, they stopped the simulator, and now we have to input optical effects. I wonder if... And then they're going to the, update it later with computer CGI. I wonder if it would be like you would start the ride. It would be like some of all thrills, maybe, where you would start in, like, wireframe, and then they would develop the special mm-hmm. effects, and then you would fly that'd through be cool. it. You'd, like, build the ride around you. Oh, um, that'd be cool. The video would be from start to finish. It'd be a 10-hour right. ride yeah. of a poor <laughs> intern animating one wall. Right. And then at the end of the ride, the supervisor comes down and says, ah, can we get it in green? <laughs> it should bend a little more. And then the big thrill is when the guy leaves, supervisor leaves, and the intern just like beats the shit out of your vehicle in anger. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. He quits and goes to a better company. Right. <laughs> uh, so the soundstage restaurant was also lifted from Disney MGM, but there's no quick service. Now, this is the interesting thing. It would include character dining. So, you know, Mickey, Minnie, Goofy. But this would be the only place that walk-around characters would be seen or offered. You would not see any other walk-around Disney characters in the mall or anywhere else, just in this one restaurant. Hmm. Uh, In the rafters was a play area for kids and also the West Coast variant of the Catwalk Bar. Are you familiar with the Catwalk Bar? Yeah, in um, Hollywood Studios, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not open any longer, right? No, it's, it was uh, open for us like a really short period. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. But I always find it interesting that in the rafters there was a play area. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, a massive multiplex promising to be the best set of theaters in the country. Sometimes would show a film Disney film festival, but also show other competitors' films. So don't worry. Hmm. Uh, a star, a restaurant called the Star Quality Diner, showcasing film memorabilia throughout. This was a Planet Hollywood before Planet Hollywood. <laughs> Have you ever been to Planet Hollywood? I, that's what I was thinking. That's why I'm sitting in silence is because I think I've been to one. I don't remember liking it. Mm-hmm. I didn't ever end up going to the one in Disney. But right. The, yeah. Yeah. I mean, wow. There's a lot of stuff. We'll keep going. I won't, I won't cut you off. But yes, I've been to Planet Hollywood. The food's not very good. But like, mm-hmm. obviously, 
how do you upkeep all of this? That's like my biggest question in the back of my head is that there's movie theaters and there's all these I, places. I, I'll, and these get, I'll get to that. Yeah, yeah I'll definitely go. get to that. Um, then there was the pier. This was a boardwalk pier for Beachy Feel. Hmm. Mm. Sounds familiar. Actually supposed to be the tank that the backlot would have filmed on. So it's supposed to be the water tank. Uh, the great movie ride show building would overhang over the pier and it would be painted like the sky. Sounds very familiar again. The edge of the water goes off an underground parking garage, which obscures the freeway. They would call this the Burbank Ocean. Very cool. Mm. A Disney-themed funhouse walkthrough would be offered, and then there would be also a 50s-themed bumper car slash Autopia hybrid, where guests would drive along a freeway and be able to crash into the scenery. So there would be lampposts with bumpers on them, and you can bump into those as well. That's an interesting concept that I've never heard before, uh, and hmm. nobody's ever tried to do. That sounds like a fun concept. Uh, there's a bridge that takes you to a Ferris wheel, which overhangs off the garage and the waterline, giving guests an amazing view of the valley, even on the lower end as it boards from the middle. There was the Rock and Roller Dome with a suspended Chevy 57 direct from Pleasure Island, which did get made. This entire thing got made. It was called the ZR ZFR Rock and Roller Drome, and it closed in 1990. After one year due to safety concerns, because people would drink and try to roller skate. Hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, that seems like a bad idea. That was a bad idea, wasn't it? Yeah. This is my favorite one coming up. There's a restaurant called The Deep End, and the tables ah, yes. are set in a submerged swimming pool. So it's above awesome. you are these audio animatronic swimmers kicking their legs, and then there's submerged beach balls, which are the light. And you would see rafts and stuff like that. What a fun idea is this? Mm. This is this is all just pure roadie imagination. Uh, there was a Madison's Dive, which was a seafood restaurant themed to the film Splash. Madison was the mermaid in Splash, played by Daryl Hannah. And there were portholes that made it look like you were underwater, but were actually viewing an aquarium with mirror tricks. And then this is the part that really fascinated joe Rody. joe Rody loves this thing okay yeah it's called fish out of water i love I, right? I have heard about this one i think it's like a famous yeah yeah so this uh just just to set the scene you would to enter it you would go to the dock and this would be the dock right on the edge of the quote unquote burbank ocean and you would see a uh, a creature hanging from a display, just like Jaws. What would you call that? Like the Jaws-like display? You know, a oh. fish hanging on the hook? Yeah, it's almost like a... I don't know how to explain it. It's like you're showing off, like a trophy, almost. Right. Mm -hmm. But instead of a shark, it was a cow. <laughs> so then you would take a rowboat to a boat that would be hanging over the Burbank Ocean. Uh, and remember, the Burbank Ocean is actually a parking garage like that's only 18 feet deep. So this would kind of overhang it and a waterfall would cascade out, off. And the idea was that beef lives in the sea. So instead of a seafood restaurant, this was a steakhouse. And all over this boat, there would be photos 
of Jacques Cousteau swimming with steer. There would be 12 foot wide lobster traps meant to trap cattle. And there would be photos of cows jumping like dolphins in the ocean. And I, love I just that. have to imagine that then they left Earth and said, uh, so long and thanks for the grass. <laughs> uh, uh, and they had waiters dressed like lobster fishermen. But there was no seafood. There was only steak. And Rhodey is going along in this presentation going, this is my favorite. I will give anything to make this happen. And one wonders if the uh, Virgin Galactic space station or wherever it is, is going to have a seafood themed steakhouse. Maybe beef lives in the stars or something like that. I, I I I wish I could get into his mind and see this thing in real life because I don't have I mean look even looking at the pictures I don't have like a good idea of what it is but it sounds awesome. Are you are you specifically talking about the, the restaurant? I am talking about the restaurant. Yeah, restaurant. I think it's funny. It's a, it's a very Gonzo funny idea. Yeah, that... I'm surprised it never made its way anywhere else. It's like mm-hmm. Trader Sam's before Trader Sam's. Right. It's like a highly themed. It's it's literally it's a restaurant built on a joke. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's a subversive joke. It's not a cheap joke like California Adventure. It's a very funny, subversive joke. So that is the Disney MGM Burbank uh, backlot. Very, very ambitious. Uh, Disney wanted to buy the land for practically less than nothing. 57 cents per square foot, a.k.a. $1 million dollars. Plus, Jesus. have the city pay for the three thirty five hundred spot underground parking garage. The idea that the city would benefit more so from the Disney premise presence uh, was what you know they were pitching, but the residents were not amused. Uh, MCA, though, of course, going back to that Universal thing, they saw this just as scare tactic from Disney to have them withdraw from Florida. And a former MCA exec quoted that Disney could wipe off 10% of their profit margin with said project, because this is something I didn't talk about. We have no idea how people would even pay to get into this. Oh, yeah, Uh, that's true. And supposedly everything would kind of be a la carte, but you could visit for free. It's a mall. So, of course, you could visit for free. So this would be like a, a, a very experimental tourism draw that anybody even window shoppers could enter be uh, entertained by so this could be extremely popular right yeah yeah firing back mca announced a multi-year renovation of universal studios hollywood to add a miami vice stunt show that eventually became Waterworld, uh in an earthquake tram animation and two rides for the first time they would have two rides uh, back to the future ride and et adventure which were both being planned for the florida park Um, from the disney history institute again around the end of march according to mca exec jay stein disney approached mca with an offer so dirty that mca would later refer to it as blackmail tactics disney doing blackmail tactics no (laughs) Uh, Disney sent an intermediary who was in close contact with a high-ranking executive to offer a deal. Disney would withdraw their Burbank plan if MCA would give up its proposed Florida studio tour, they said, with a white cat purring on their lap. 
<laughs> uh, MCA incensed turned down the offer on principle. Uh, Burbank then entered a year-long agreement with Disney, asking for six months for development and additional six months for develop uh, for more development. After which the purchase could be made. So basically, they develop for six months, show them what they got, and then six months they revise and if they approve, they can purchase it. Uh, then Jay Stein took the blackmail story to press and Eisner balked. That was an us. Uh, and MCA filed two lawsuits against the project. Uh, MCA also appealed to Burbank residents. This is where it gets really dirty with the idea that Disney was stealing their land for pennies. Uh, and so they really start like digging in and going against it by using the residents as their pawn. So Disney does some redevelopment and then they come back and now they have a new storyline and some revisions. So this is the new storyline. In the late 1890s, a few residents of Burbank or whatever Burbank was called in the 1890s discovered gold. Shortly after their discovery, people flocked to the area, a western town who developed. And after some 20, 30 years, long after all the gold was mined, the locals considered the best way to, was, uh, to invest their grand fortune. Their answer? To make movies! And to make these movies, they created a backlot, complete with a Parisian lane, a Spanish street, and a California boardwalk. Somewhat later, they also built an early TV and radio studio. How, how coincidental. But then, during hard times, the studio went out of business. And aw shucks, wouldn't you believe it, it was rediscovered by Disney, who, out of the kindness of their hearts, transformed it into an entertainment complex. <laughs> the new ideas included the Hyperdrone, a club complex for teens, a, the World of Disney, now with a Disney Channel studio tour, and the sci-fi-themed Cinefantasy with an IMAX theater. MCA started sending out mailers after turning down another royalty offer from Disney on a combined tour at Walt Disney World. So the idea was that they were going to take Disney MGM Studios, Chuck MGM, and make it Disney Universal Studios. Right? What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Could you imagine that? Uh, we would. We would Super Nintendo Land. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. MCA starts selling out these mailers to Burbank residents with glossy photos and color illustrations. The first pamphlet claimed that the Disney development will turn virtually all of downtown Burbank into a massive tourist complex and require a tax subsidy of over $100 million. It also claimed that the secret deal was financed finalized after less than 30 minutes of canceled discussion with no competitive bidding. And so if that's not enough to what of residents, this is what they do. The cover of the second pamphlet featured a photo of the Disneyland castle with the caption. It's a nice place to visit. The interior, however, included Im images of dingy hotels, cheap liquor stores and tacky tourist shops besides a single line of text. But you wouldn't want to live there, which is <laughs> kind of hypocritical and Considering that they have their own tourist attraction, like exactly, yeah, fifteen minutes down the road. No, exactly, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, but that's just the, the game works, right? You just convince mm -hmm. the locals. You won't like this. This isn't right. good. Mm -hmm. Disney could have uh, done that all by themselves. They just had yeah. to say you could pretend to be a slave there, right? <laughs> we'll pay you like two cents an hour. It's fine. <laughs> um, no, I mean like Disney's America. 
Ah, right. We're, we're classic. <laughs> of course. You'll, you'll feel like a slave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your former president imagining Bob Voice. Yes. Bob Voice. Yeah. Uh, MCA also started planning CityWalk, their own entertainment and dining venue. So for the Disney project, cost overruns with the project now costing $611 million and MGM balking to their name being added to a project they didn't agree on started to infringe upon the project. So Eisner goes over the plans and he considers limiting the ocean, which would save costs. But this seemed to kind of hinder the project's integrity. It's like if you get rid of that, kind of get rid of everything that makes it really special. Uh, the purchase of the Rather Corporation put the final nail in the coffin. Uh, because then they bought the Queen Mary and they also bought the Spruce Goose and all this stuff. And it was becoming too much. So on Friday, Friday, April 8th, 1988, Disney announced the project was dead. Uh, a Burbank town center, a very traditional shopping mall with a giant multiplex, opened in 1991. And I've been there a few times. It's okay. Hmm. It's big, but it's okay. But what if? What if the Disney MGM Studios backlot in Burbank was built? Will we still be able to travel to Burbank and ride into the movies or shop? Or would this be a 90s relic that Disney would long abandon? What are your thoughts? I hate to say it, but I think it might be a relic. I don't know. Okay. I think Disney keeps the property and like completely redoes it. That seems like the most likely way that this Like at go. Disney Springs? Exactly. Like Disney holds on to the property. Kind of like the, you know, the Warner Brothers stores, the Disney stores, actually the Disney store is probably the best way to think about it. Um that, you know, the the style, the very extravagant maximalist style of the 1990s mm-hmm. didn't right. it did not last. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, it really isn't lasting. And I worry that most of this because it's shopping, because there's no ticket price, it's going to be it would be really tough to basically reconvince this into a new theme park. You know, like touching up your $150 a day theme park makes sense because everyone's going to come in and drop 150 bucks. But when it's a mall, like once you've you've pretty much stretched out all of the available consumer base internationally and like no one's interested anymore. Now it's just locals. I think it would be far more difficult to argue that here is where we should be building our attractions and not in Disneyland. It's interesting you should say that because I was thinking about this and I was thinking about the the trend of shopping malls. As time goes along and shopping malls have done something that might have kind of benefited to this. A lot of the giant anchors are going out of business, whether it be Mervyn's or Sears, Macy's is having issues and they've all had. And then one of the very first things that this backlot eschewed was anchor stores right that makes sense and then the smaller shops and malls in general started having issues as well but they fell back on something recently and that's entertainment they're really going for entertainment and like family fun centers and unique things to do and to see and that's what malls seem to be heavily relying on to kind of keep relevant And it's interesting to think about how ahead of their game Disney was. And and I think about something like Disney Springs. And I mean, with Disney Springs, I wouldn't say the appeal is necessarily the shopping. I think more of the appeal is the entertainment and the food. 
Wouldn't you yeah, agree? Yeah, well, you, you come to Disney Springs, you know, not all, I, I Let me put my head in a local right here, uh, which I can't say for certain, but I imagine hopefully any locals can correct me. It seems like you go to Disney Springs because you're looking for an enjoyable day out shopping. It's like I have a strip mall near me that I could go to if I really needed things. Right. right? Mm-hmm. But um, I, I don't need things. Oh, sorry. When I need things and I want to have fun, there's another mall like 30 miles out that's big and it has food and movie theaters and and all that stuff. It's an it's an yeah. entertainment experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not convenient to to do my shopping there, but I will do it because it's fun. And I imagine that's what Disney Springs draws people in towards because you can spice up kind of your daily right. routine. It's like, ah, oh, well, today mm-hmm. I'm gonna go shopping and I'll stop into World of Disney. You know what I mean? Right. Like, mm-hmm. So uh, the problem with this one though. Is that even with the omission of anchor stores, the commitment is so much bigger than I'll go shopping and I'll stop into the fun stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I guess you're not grocery shopping at Disney Springs, but at the very least, you're buying clothes at some Mm -hmm. retail establishments that you would find in any mall. Right. Right. Um, With this, it's essentially a theme park with some mall outlet stores. Right. And that's that's the interesting thing where now, uh, granted, when we go through that pitch, there's a lot of things pitched. Yeah, I don't think Rhodey's intention was to build everything. I think he was pitching all the ideas that there could be. And I say that in there's a lot of ideas for these clubs and these elaborate shows and theaters and restaurants and, you know, places to, you know, alleys to shop down. It's like, you know, that they're going to have they're going to have to scale it back a little. And I, I yes. think that that was always the intention. Now, on what on what would eventually be uh, built if this were to happen is that I, I think if things have gone right, I I actually don't see the great movie ride making it. No, I, think I don't that's think like, so at all. I think that's the biggest, easiest casualty. It's just astounding to me that they were actually going to build the great movie ride and be like, we're going to put this as a standalone attraction. And I'm like, Michael, are you, are you out of your mind? Why? Yeah, it's it's kind of like the little attractions or the boat ride at the Luxor we were talking about where it's like, I mean, the Luxor is a casino and obviously that makes more sense to have an attraction, but the great movie ride is like an independent thing. Like you do, what is the thought? You go shopping and then you get on a dark ride. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the most elaborate dark rides Walt Disney yeah. Imagineering ever designed. And a really it's long like, one. Could you, could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine if somebody just plunked Rise of the Resistance down somewhere? I, I, well, that's don't say that because people would do it. But that's yeah. why the void didn't work, right? Arguably, you know, uh, or, sorry, no, looking the, at the looking at the void, right? And like looking at how it wasn't su- that successful. So there's other reasons, of course, right? You're you're right. Um, yeah, it was but just, like the pandemic killed it. Absolutely. And, that, and bad, bad business moves. Yeah. 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 I think it's tough to put an attraction. I think it's tougher when that attraction isn't VR goggles. You know, it's like a full, one uh, incredible upkeep. I guess you're right yeah. next to Burbank. So maybe like you can get some help from Disney. Uh, it, <laughs> it, just, it fits better in a theme park. A hundred percent. It fits 100%. better as the, as the anchor attraction of Disney MGM studios, not a random thing in a mall. Yes. Yeah. yeah, right. Uh, I just like uh, that part astounds me. I guess I could see like the studios and stuff like that. The Atlas Simulator. I don't know about that. They were trying to do it. They tried to put that on the SS, the uh, SS Disney. They were trying to shove those wherever they could. 
And I don't know if that would have happened either. I just couldn't see a lot of trimming happening. Mm. Yeah. And I could see the idea that everything is like uh, in the hotel is themed after a different film genre. I, I think that would have gone away by like Michael going, no, it should be more like the classic Hollywood hotels of the 40s. That's cheaper. <laughs> And people would actually want to stay at that and it wouldn't be obnoxious. That would be one of those, like, not gonna, not gonna work out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not gonna work out plans. Um, I don't know. I, well, actually, sorry, not to, not to cut the legs out from under you, but would you go to this thing like often? Like, what is your often. thought? Would you visit this like oh, a theme park where you do like a once in a while trip? Yeah, absolutely. I would at least visit it once. Right. But would you you're go multiple me? times? Because if you're not going to offer ticket prices for this thing, if they, they updated it. If they updated yeah. it. Yeah. How easy would it be to update this stuff? Because you don't ever want to shut down any like, of these places. But the thing is, I'm a, I'm a freaking nerd. That's of true. course I'm going to go to it. Of course you would visit it. You just went to Disneyland. And if this existed and you had never been to it, would you go to it? Oh, of course once. Absolutely. Of course you would. Yeah, but I, we're not the marks that they're looking for. They're looking at families and stuff like that. Yeah, but you need people. If you're not going to charge a base ticket price, though, mm. right? If you're not going to charge a base ticket price, you need repeat viewers. No, you're right. And the idea was that it was a mall, so you would get people there how, to buy the shopping. How do you and, keep? How does the upkeep stay? How do you keep upkeep on these attractions? Do you think Disney just takes a percentage of all the people who are paying? Well, I, I, I think the attractions cost money, obviously. Right, but they have but to the be. The idea is that too. the the attractions. The money that people spend on the attractions, that would be traffic that's coming to it as a destination, not as a regular shopping mall. So the idea would be that it would be an attractive shopping mall that would stand out and then you would get people that came there as a destination because that's the Disney appeal and has Disney rides and shows and attractions. And it also has a very strange steakhouse that everybody says, it's so funny, you got to go to it. It's a laugh riot. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm just trying to think. Like, you know, imagine my local mall built the great movie ride. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I I love the great movie ride, but I don't know how much longer that ride's going to stay open there. That is a ridiculous idea. That's, that's, that's just the breaking point for me. It's like, you were going to build what <laughs> there? You're going to build a great movie ride there? A, and, a lot of these ideas work alone. Like the bovine of the sea or the, what's it called? Um, a fish out of water. Fish out of water. Series. That works like independently. You know what I mean? Like that is mm-hmm. like an independently like, successful idea. Right. When you throw that into a whole architecture, that's the mall and the stores and the rides and probably hotel and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um. It just seems so extravagant. I don't think it could ever work. I know a lot of these ideas are they just pitch somebody a bunch of ideas and then they can go, I like this idea. I like this idea. I like this idea. What's really sad, though, is that the worst ideas got built like (laughs) up here and there's a, a Ferris wheel that dips into the water and there's a sky painted blue and... You know, there's a shopping mall, but it's kind of themed and you have facades that, you know, are cheapest ways of hiding the fact that you're not fully theming it. And not the really cool ideas like the deep end restaurant. Awesome. The bumper cars that you could crash into the scenery. Awesome. Fish out of water with the, the beef that lives in the sea. 
Awesome. Great ideas. Disney Archival Museum. Bingo. Perfect. Make it. But no, those aren't the ideas. They instead choose the shitty ideas. That's what makes me mad about this project. Cheaper ideas. Cheaper. What is, what is, but then again, what, what is so expensive about Disney Archival Museum? Because you risk boring people. You know, not like I think I don't think it'd be boring. I think it'd be interesting. But I think Disney's so afraid to do anything like intelligent. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like um why they won't flood Disney Plus, I imagine, with park stuff is because the audience who's interested in park stuff probably aren't the main audience for Disney mm-hmm. Plus. Sure. And even worse, that if you fill the new to Disney Plus line with like new to Disney Plus ride footage from Adventures Through Inner Space. <laughs> 45 seconds of the projections from Journey to Imagination, now in HD. I think people would return their subscription. <laughs> it's like, new to Disney Plus, Symbiosis. New to Disney Plus. Yeah, that's Plus. right, the whole Timekeeper show. <laughs> Here, see Martin Short explain the mystery of sex to your children. Now that I would, that they should put on there. <laughs> but I think it's the same thing with, you know, like the holiday special Star Wars. Is They uploaded the cartoon. Because it's, like, inoffensive. It's, like, vintage. But if they uploaded the whole thing, it would placate a small few, and it might push away a lot. I, so think, I guess maybe that's their hesitation with the archive. I, I don't agree uh, with them. There but. has to be... I'm, I'm convinced there's a contract stipulation when they bought uh, when they bought Star Wars that they're like, you can't release the holiday special. Oh, you think so? I, I honestly think so. I also, I, I'm confident. I'm confident it would be on there. Because they want to milk that thing. Hmm. Yeah, I'm confident. Yes, that that has to be something. They're just waiting for George to be dead in the ground, and then they'll release the you know the theatrical editions and all that, and they'll release the holiday special. Screw you, George! But the holiday special doesn't represent the franchise well. You need and 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 he needs to say malarkey. It's like my really bad George Lucas impression. Did you say blackie? I said malarkey. Oh, always malarkey. It's McClunky. 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 I'd love it if he said malarkey. Malarkey. (laughs) I um. I I think that uh, I I don't. Yeah. Every time you ask like a what if, the problem with Disney is that like the what if is always going to be it becomes Marvel, it becomes Star Wars, it becomes Marvel. Um. Mm -hmm. I I think that you know it, it is fascinating though. Like the key, what we can take away from this though is that Disney has, and specifically like Rhodey and company. Uh, and a lot of the Imagineers, not just Rhodey, have a lot of like highly themed experiential ideas that I think would work really well. So I went to Trader Sam's when I was in California. Right. Uh, and they've Perfect. completely redone the reservation system. It's yeah. like you book in advance now. Um, so you don't walk up anymore. Okay. Which is lame because the whole point, I think, of Trader Sam's is like a watering hole, right? I, it's kind of supposed to be, mm-hmm. I, at least in my mind, like the way it's designed. You're supposed to kind of like waltz in waltz and in, have yeah. a drink. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But that's impossible because people are obsessed with it. Why? Because I think that eBay upsellers of the mugs have like ruined the theming. But 100%. Yeah. E- yeah. But even like a more powerful, even like let's be a little bit more optimistic, even though I'm not. The draw of those highly themed experiences, the unique ones that are original, seem to be popular with people. They seem to be really into it. Um, you know, Grog Grotto is always packed and Trader Sam's is always packed. And uh, you'd wonder what would happen if the uh, Adventurers Club was still around, right? Oh my so gosh, the thing would be busy. I, I, I still busy, think that, busy, that's, busy. That's Disney's greatest financial mistake is getting rid of the Adventurers Club. No, because if they just held out a couple more years, online culture would have bosomed so hard and mm-hmm. blossomed and exploded that yeah. 
people would have just been right there. So and that with, was the with thing, the like, people weren't buying the drinks, but all you had to do was create theme drinks and boom, cha-ching. Exactly. Create yeah. one mug and you'll be mm-hmm. fine. Right. You know, people will drop exorbitant prices on these stupid mugs. Um, but the 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 thing about this design is it seems like it would carry forward that same thematic int- um, uh, 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 intricacy. Right into or intricateness, I guess I should say, uh, into a bigger space. You know, I guess that would eventually kind of happen with Animal Kingdom as you create like a really full, committed thematic design. Mm-hmm. But it's a shame, you know. It's a, it's kind of a bummer, uh, mm-hmm. and I don't think Disney will ever do anything like it ever again. So yeah, like, there's no there's no try to. Mm-hmm. But like as a Joe Rody project, you know, I, I know you're a fan of Rody. Um, uh, who isn't right? Yeah, you're right. But I I can't help but admire. Not only the ambition, but kind of the creativity of a lot of this. And I, I really do urge you um, to watch that pitch presentation because he is very entertaining. He's very funny and it's well worth a watch. It's like 35 minutes long. I and, think I've seen yeah. the little bits of it. Sorry, I'm thinking yeah. myself. I've already seen I've seen bits of it, but I should definitely watch it. Yeah, you know, everyone should. I mean, everyone listening. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Very, it's very just, rarely yeah. do you get to actually hear the pitch straight right. from the mouth. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's Joe Rody, so it's you know it's going to be very flowery and entertaining. And he has a bizarre, like you should see his hair. It's like he has this uh, shaggy haircut, like. And I, I don't know, you can't really see his how how pierced his ear is at that time, but his his hair is so wild. It's just it's amusing. He has <laughs> so it's Joe Rody in the 1987 vintage. Is definitely mm. well worth a watch. But anyways, yeah, what you're saying pretty much like goes, I think Disney may have may have been not been willing to let this survive to where it could rebound for online uh, online culture. Right. And and they could have easily sold it. Although I have no clue what another owner would do with this thing. They'd be like, what the hell what the hell do I do with this? And then you would have to go to this weird Burbank mall and point to this unused boat at the edge of this ocean thing and go, that's where the, the fish out of water restaurant was. Now, what is it? I don't know. I think it's abandoned. Some kids swum over there the other day and took some footage of it. It's abandoned. You can kind of like that kind of stuff. Uh, like, I just don't know what Disney would have done with it after they got rid of it. Um, and I, that's honestly what I, I think, think would have eventually If they happened. got rid of it, I think they build like a Disney Springs, right? Like, I think that they just, I well, they no, built something really, you know, high I think end. Would, I think they would have sold it. You think so? If they had it like nowadays, I, um, maybe the problem mm-hmm. is that it's so far from Disneyland that there's no I, way that you could like position I, I think, it as like a, I think no matter thing. what, I don't think no matter what this runs into, the 2008 recession i think that would have killed it for sure yeah no that's true having like a really expensive shopping mall around 2008 mm-hmm. would have been yeah killer right i mean I, there, there, so there's like research that says that audiences are still interested in malls they just like the mm-hmm. convenience of amazon amazon and they right. don't like the inconvenience of the malls like the price oh. gouging right right which is why so, they, they've gone to entertainment right and, exactly you know entertainment venues something you can't get on amazon and maybe that's where this would have positioned Disney as mm-hmm. 
Mario mildly successful, at least in Burbank. Possibly. But Eisner also wanted to pop these all over the country. Hmm. Yeah. Sounds familiar. And I don't think that ever would have happened. Yeah. No. Do you imagine there's a great movie ride in Indiana? <laughs> no. Indiana's yeah. <laughs> in the great movie ride. Is in it? Indiana Jones. Oh, my gosh. Da, 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 da. Uh, oh, Hooray dude. for Hollywood. Oh Play me out, Johnny. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's go <laughs> on to um, a, a build it or not. Um, so do you wish that the uh, Disney MGM Studios Burbank backlot be built or not? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, sure, right. not? I mean, I'm not doing the budget books. It sounds right. great. Everything. If this was built exactly to the concept specifications, fantastic. You know, it, 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 I think Disney's kind of patting themselves on the black. Uh, the, I think Disney's patting. My goodness. One more time, Ryan. <laughs> I think Disney's patting themselves on the back. Glad they didn't do it. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, as a consumer, sure. Why not? I'd love to yeah. see consumer. hate that word. Yeah. As, as an audience. Sure. I, I'd love to see somebody throw millions and millions, eventually millions and millions, right? Into a absurd restaurant and absurd uh, uh, theming for a mall. Mm-hmm. I love malls. Why not? Yeah. I'll eat I my, my, uh, well, my y- yogurt. Yeah. Uh, what, what, <laughs> the noir what's, room. What's, what's the consequence of this getting built? Well, we exactly. don't have a boring, we don't have a boring mall in Burbank that I once had an awkward dinner date at PF Chang's at once. Like, <laughs> Ooh, oh no, that'll be gone. No, of course. Of course I would love this to be built. Why not? All the more the merrier. Have a great movie ride that would have been shut down two years in and them going, well, that was a bad idea. Uh, I, I don't see any reason for this not to be a fantastic idea worth exploring in an alternate universe. But with that said, I do have one more question for you. Mm. And this is the most important question. Uh, despite everything we're talking about, do you think that this project never would have gotten built because ultimately all it was was an FU to Universal and an attempt to scare them away from Florida? Repeat your question one more time for the audience to hear it. Okay. Do you <laughs> think that this even ever had a chance of being built and that this was merely just an attempt to scare universal into retreating away from Florida and that Eisner was just doing this to be a bully. Right. So you're saying like, what are they, you think that they're threatening? Like if you come for our home turf, we're going to come for yours. Right. Right. Do you think that this was just a bluff? Well, okay. On one hand, I don't think for roadie, I don't think it was a bluff. I think Rhodey had a lot of fun with it. Right. And I think for Eisner, I'm talking about Eisner. I think it was a bluff in a very different way than the third Disneyland gate was. I think the third Disneyland gate was entirely a bluff. Okay. So, so for context, right. And I think this, this metaphor or this uh, simile works. The third Disneyland gate where they showed the concept art was, I think complete bullshit. You know, so much stuff was pulled out from so many around the places. It looks kind of disinteresting and it was happening at the right time for the taxes. With this, I don't doubt that Eisner thought this would have been a great idea. Now, no, was you, the business sorry, part, a part of it? Yeah. The third, the, the Disneyland 
extra resort or I mean I mean like whatever they were going to build recently the hotel the, ho- the hotel and then they had like the little Black Panther area or whatever oh you're talking about Disneyland Forward which That's, Josh yeah, tomorrow says, still says it exists yes exactly yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah I think that that was a complete bluff it was just a lie okay. right. this on the other hand I, I, I think it's hard to view Eisner as like completely cynical because of the way that the work kind of went mm-hmm. I imagine that a big part of this was like a like a territorial stay off yeah. my house and I'll mm-hmm. stay off yours. Right. Like, I think that was definitely part of it. But at the same time, I, I mean, they put in like the work, you know, mm-hmm. this is, this is what it would look like if Disney, they, put, they put in the money, they put in the yeah, time exactly. and money. And I, I think it was half cynical, half creative. I think they initially did this as a cynical move, but there was a lot of creativity put into it. to the point where Eisner said, Hmm, maybe this would work. Hmm. Hmm. And, you know, maybe sometimes people do the right thing for the wrong reasons. And this could have been one, you know, mm-hmm. and it's a shame it didn't come to pass. Uh, I would have loved to see it. I, I think once Absolutely. again, who wouldn't? What what a heartbreak that things like the deep end, which is such a man, you, you think that they would do that in some Disney hotel. Mm-hmm. What what a great idea. Uh do something like the fish out of water idea. Well, great idea, man. So sad that never happened again. Love you, Joe Rody. Uh, I wish you nothing but the best at Virgin Galactic. Uh, but we, we miss you. We miss you and your crazy, crazy ideas. Um, so is there anything else you want to say before we step out about the Disney MGM Burbank backlot? I guess all that it is is that none of these ideas will ever come to fruition in the current Disney. It'll just never happen. That's true. It's not in their cards anymore. They don't Mm -hmm. do that. They're not going to do anything here that isn't IP centered. And I don't mean to be like the oh fussy. Yeah, I know IP, but you know they're 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 this is like a this is the Trader Sam's mentality on a massive scale, Mm -hmm. and I don't think we'll see that massive scale ever again. Yeah. Definitely. Because you can do it in a small scale and placate fans, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. everybody should be aware that everybody who's going ballistic over the stuff in the Odyssey, that, yeah, that's right. That's exactly what the desire is. It's mm-hmm. to put in like one corner some stuff that the little babies can play with. And by little babies, I mean people on Twitter. And then everything else they can just do as they normally see fit with business. It's a smart move. Really, so I kind of wish really this was doing a great job welcoming any new listeners there well no but i i mean, look i hope anybody who's listening is like i hope they're aware of this i hope they're aware that the little show on the front of epcot and the little thing in the odyssey no matter how brilliant they are which i think the show on the front of epcot is probably brilliant the points of light is amazing yeah um they're done with the intention of finding a cost-effective way to placate the most diehard magic key annual pass hold fans right? that's just how mm-hmm. it works yeah so you're not going to see this ever again because audiences like main audiences, normal audiences have become, I think they become stupid. Yeah, you're right. I'm not making it very much better. Hooray for Hollywood. <laughs> Everybody's uh, no, stupid are, but me. Well, no, no, I don't think they, well, I'm, no, I mean, look, look at this. Audiences demand less nowadays. All yes. of them. You know, like, audience, no, not, right. no, they're not stupid. They're like, when you show normal audiences, like really powerful thought provoking movies, they get it and they like it, Yeah, but they just demand less. So mm-hmm. this demand for the high theming stuff, it's mm-hmm. kind of gone in America. And maybe that's why so many people are excited by Super Nintendo Land and Hogwarts, because even though they're property based, they still have that same attention, high attention to detail. 
that mm-hmm. you don't quite see everywhere anymore. So yeah, yeah I, I wish this was built. You know, I, I think mm-hmm. at the worst comes to worst, it would have been like a relic uh, that you could have went back and seen. True. And the yeah. videos, hey, on YouTube, the home movies would always be there. That's always you can rely on. That's right. The we evidence would the always movies. be there. Yes. Man, wouldn't you, wouldn't you love it if you have, you know, like the ability to go into alternate universe YouTube? It's like, what if the West oh. River Expedition was built in this universe? Here's the pre-OV cams. I want to listen to alternate universe unbuilt. Alternate universe. <laughs> uh, welcome to Unbuilt, an unrealized theme park podcast. Here today, we're talking about this idea, and it was really weird. So the idea was they were going to build a roller coaster themed after a nondescript mountain in Asia. Okay. <laughs> And then they decided, hey, what if, hmm, what if this was a separate attraction based on the upcoming film Frozen? Brilliant idea. And now we have the world of Frozen and Disney's Animal Kingdom. But let's talk about this Expedition Everest idea. And just to say, I don't think this Yeti would work. I don't know. How about you? <laughs> yeah, it was ambitious. A little too ambitious. Yeah. I mean, the Lightning McQueen ride that's there now is just so successful that I don't. I don't yeah. know if I could complain. Right. That, uh, in, in a universe unbuilt, I guess I'm the more positive one. Though, right. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you. You. You love. You. You're always saying your signature catchphrase, "Kachow!" Like <laughs> you know, Lightning. <laughs> like lightning queen that's yeah the the um that's right yeah we could do a whole episode on that unbuilt california adventure park i just yeah. think the synthesis would be so well with all the nearby areas and they're supposed to have a hollywood land yeah can somebody have this it? stupid westcott thing i mean boring yeah, no one likes that yeah uh, uh, <laughs> i did the i did the animation experience speaking of hollywood land oh you drew what'd you drew? yeah i did i drew remy you drew Remy. Yeah, they had a straw Remy. I was, oh, it was so when I was there, it was pouring rain, mm-hmm. absolutely pouring. So it was like, what can you do inside? Um, yeah. Well, that's that. Everyone, go. Everyone, go watch Skinnamarink. <laughs> Ryan, go watch Skinnamarink. Go watch that. I was literally about to talk to you about Skinnamarink. I I just saw it on I the put, after um, show. That was gonna oh, go watch it. Have you seen it? No, I want to see it. Oh, it's good. It looks, you should go looks, see it. Looks creepy. Well, I was I was gonna go pay to see it. I, I was paid to see it. Pay. In fairness, yeah, I was. I, I'm being paid to say this. I should be honest yeah. with everybody. <laughs> uh, <This>. Okay, so, <laughs> um, okay, so in the meantime, please follow us on social media on Twitter at Unveil Pod. You can reach me at Open Mother's Mail and Ryan Dorman at Open the Torment. Feel free to email us at unveilpod at gmail.com and rate us on Stitcher, iTunes, and Anchor wherever you find this podcast. Please write a review and tell us how we're doing. If you don't like us, thank you for listening to High and Mighty on John Gray Gabrus. See you guys. See ya.